Alright guys, it is week number eight. Week number eight, guys. Week number eight in the NFL. We are Ragers Ragers, and we are your premium podcast for NFL betting inside information by two of the most prolific prognosticators and yes um that is self-proclaimed but nonetheless your hosts as always myself joshua thomas buckner otherwise known as jt and john the hedgehog donath always coming to you from the great state of new jersey the state of old blue eyes frank sinatra yes we are from the dirty jurors so what else do we talk to you about besides the nfl we are both very passionate fans of electronic dance music so we will give you at the end of our podcast our tracks of the week and they're not necessarily the most current tracks but they're tracks that mean a lot to both of us so without further ado, let's dive in to week eight, but give you a quick, very quick recap of week seven and how we did last week with our picks. So I am a Jet fan. John is an Eagles fan. The Eagles did not play last week. They were on a bye, but the Jets played last week. Now, going into this season, if you told me the Jets were going to have a winning record by week eight, I would have bet you probably, I don't know, maybe my mortgage on that. But guess what? The Jets, right now, they're 5-2. and two. And why? Because they won last week, and they went into Denver, and they beat the Denver Broncos. The Jets, I took them last week. I said, lay the points, take the Jets. Actually, by game time, it was Jets giving a point and a half because Russell Wilson didn't play. Jets ended up dominating the game. They won and covered covered that one and a half. Uh, they were getting points during our podcast, but when Russell Wilson got announced that he wasn't playing, um, the line changed. And so I took the Jets. Jets won. Jets covered. Second game I took, the other New York team. Can't believe the Giants are six and one. Can't believe the Giants are six and one. Can you believe this? I mean, there's really only one team with a better record than the Giants. And I'm going to let my compadre talk about that game, that team, because that's the Philadelphia Eagles who are undefeated. But the Giants are 6-1. and one. And they won again last week. They covered the spread. So I went 2-0 and with my picks last week. John, how'd you do in week seven? I did all right, man. Did, did pretty well. So the two games that I took last week, I took the um... – uh, the Falcons heading to Cincinnati to play the Bengals. And I took the Chiefs heading to San Francisco to play those Niners. As you mentioned, my Eagles were off, so I got to pick two, you know, random pick em games. Uh, and I also had a bonus pick as well. The Carolina Panthers at home against those Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Panthers getting 13 at home. So I went two out of three on those picks. Uh, I liked the Falcons getting six and a half uh, on the road uh, uh, going to Cincinnati. Uh, that one didn't quite hit, but the Chiefs going to San Francisco. Chiefs had a great game. I said take the Chiefs minus one. That hit. The Panthers at home getting 13. I just felt like that was way too many points for an NFL team to get at home. Tom Brady or no Tom Brady, especially considering uh, the fact that the Bucks have, have not been um, you know, terribly strong this year, had lost the game to the Steelers already. And that was correct. Not only did the Panthers cover the 13 points, they won the game outright. Uh, I also agreed with you on the, on, on the Jets Broncos game. I took the Jets, followed you on that and hit that up. Uh, props weren't as profitable last week, but I did hit uh, Danny Dimes over on rushing. So overall, pretty good week. Great to get back into it last week. Uh, after being off for the bye week. Yeah, nice. I mean, my props last week, uh, hit or miss on some. Uh, the one prop that I definitely hit, which I really felt 
really comfortable about was Brees Hall over rushing and receiving yards. He crushed that in the first in the first half with that nice long run, but unfortunately he uh, blew out his ACL and he's now out for the season. But the Jets picked up James Robinson with a trade with the Jags, and we'll see what happens this week because he I. I anticipate him being the uh, the starting tailback for the Jets this week. All right. Without further ado, let's not like dwell on week seven. We both did pretty well, but let's do better in week eight. Let's crush it in week eight. And, John, I'm going to give you the floor because your team has been off for a week. They had a bye week last week. So let's go with the Eagles this week. Talk to me. Who are they playing? What do you like? What's the line? Give me your picks. My Philadelphia Eagles, baby, E-A-G-L-E-S, are off their bye week. They are 6-0, and the only undefeated team left in the National Football League, and they come off the bye at home to host those Pittsburgh Steelers who are coming in at 2-5, and five. Uh, one of the worst starts. This might be Mike Tomlin's worst start ever for the Steelers. I, I didn't check on that, but this is clearly a transition year for the Steelers. They drafted Kenny Pickett. Uh, quarterback from Pitt in the first round this year. Pickett took over for Mitchell Trubisky a couple of weeks ago. Uh, has been up and down, to say the least. That that offensive line is not what it once was. The defense is obviously hurting, missing T.J. Watt for most of the year. Uh, uh, there's rumors of Watt being close to returning for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but it does not appear that that's going to happen uh, this week. The line is a big one. Right now, the Eagles are giving 10.5 points at home, uh, minus 110 uh, on DraftKings. The Steelers last week, uh, while the Eagles were off, the Steelers played on Sunday night football against those Miami Dolphins. Lost a tough game to 16-10. Uh, uh, so, you know, the Steelers showing some heart. That's a team that's not going to give up. It's, they're too well coached. Uh, and after beating Tom Brady and the Bucks the week before, acquitted themselves well on Sunday Night Football, but could not pull out the victory. All time, the Philadelphia, Philadelphia Eagles lead this series 47-29-3. and One more thing on that Dolphins game, the Steelers did actually cover as seven-point underdogs. But overall, this is a tale of two teams that are going, that are just simply in different stages of, of where they're at. Okay, The Eagles made the playoffs last year. Howie Roseman made a bunch of additions. Almost every single one of them has worked out so far. The Steelers, on the other hand, are transitioning, trying to find out if Kenny Pickett is going to be their quarterback of the future. Uh, so far, the results haven't been great for the Steelers. The, their offense has been stagnant at best. They're 24th in the league in passing offense, 27th in the league in rushing offense, 30th in the league, almost last in scoring offense, not much better on defense. They're 22nd in scoring defense, 28th in total yards on defense. Uh, again, heart on that team, but injuries have hurt them. Lack of talent has hurt them. On the other side of the ball, the Eagles have been solid pretty much from top to bottom. Uh, 13th in passing offense. A lot of that has to do with the fact the Eagles have just had this weird thing this year of killing it in the first half, specifically the second quarter getting way up on teams and then just, just kind of like taking their foot off the gas in the second half. But uh, as far as the positive goes there in second halves recently, when the Eagles had to, uh, they had, you know, long time consuming drafts to salt the, the, the game away. But overall Eagles have been 13th in passing offense in the league, sixth in rushing offense in the league, fourth overall in scoring defense. I just feel with the Eagles coming off the bye, an extra week to prepare, an extra week to get healthy is going to push the Eagles over the mark. And this is an Eagles win six ways from Sunday. So now the only question becomes, could the Eagles possibly cover 10 and a half points? Now I'm going to tell you personally, I'm an Eagles fan. I'm probably not going to bet this game, but my recommendation, believe it or not, is yeah, I would take the Eagles and I would give, give the 10 and a half here. I think the Eagles probably win by two scores. Like I said, uh, I put a lot of weight on the fact that they have this extra week to prepare. As far as injuries go, the Eagles are extremely healthy right now. Lane Johnson, who missed the second half of their last game against the Dallas Cowboys with a concussion, has cleared the concussion protocol. He will be back to guard uh, Jalen Hurts' right-hand side on the offensive line. Offensive line is totally healthy for the Eagles right now. Also, they made an addition during the bye week. The Eagles traded a fourth-round pick 
for defensive end pass rusher Robert Quinn from the Chicago Bears. Uh, Robert Quinn, older player at 32, but, you know, he's still doing it. He had 18 and a half sacks last year. Uh, so, you know, I don't expect Robert Quinn to play a ton of snaps just getting over to the Eagles. He's probably only practiced, I think it's twice since he came over. But I wouldn't be surprised if he got 8, 10, 15 snaps. Um, and being able to give some of the other, you know, pass rushers like Brandon Graham, who had a hamstring issue, some time off, and these guys can just be fresh. I just feel like the Eagles' pass rush is going to get after the quarterback no matter who it is. Um, I'm expecting, you know, um, a couple of turnovers to be forced by that Eagles pass rush uh, on the topic of the Pittsburgh quarterback. I had a feeling that the Pittsburgh might go back to Trubisky, but everything that I'm looking at this morning suggests that Pickett will still be under center for the, the Steelers this week. I don't think it matters who it is. I think the Eagles pass rush is going to get after it. I think the Eagles crowd is going to be nuts amped up also by the incredible Philadelphia Phillies run to the world series. The whole city of Philadelphia right now is it like in meltdown mode. Uh, they're so happy right now. So the crowd's going to be nuts. The Eagles are healthy, extra week to prepare better talent from top to bottom on the Eagles side. So I'm taking the Eagles here. I'm giving the 10 and a half couple of props here. First one I'm taking is A.J. Brown. Probably the most significant addition that Howie Roseman made in the offseason was getting a legit number one receiver. A.J. Brown is a monster. He's got 33 catches, 503 receiving yards, two touchdowns on the year. His prop this morning uh, on FanDuel, it's 72.5 receiving yards at minus 114. Flip over to DraftKings. You can get that at 69.5 receiving yards at minus 115. And that's actually gone up. It was like 66.5, I think, a day or two ago. I grabbed it this morning at 69.5. Uh, shout out to Brad Evans on the Fade 5, who put me up on the, the A.J. Brown uh, stats here. Uh, A.J. Brown has been over this number. Actually, he was over the 66 and a half number in five of six matchups this year. Now that the prop's going up to 69 and a half, he's only hit the over on that four out of six times. But that fifth game, he had 67 receiving yards. So very close. He's uh, getting about 8.8 targets a game. He's fourth in receiving yards, nine in yards after the catch. A.J. Brown has been an absolute monster. I love A.J. Brown this year. Uh, again, that Steelers defense, not great. Uh, and even though they still have some talent in the secondary, I love A.J. Brown to go over 69 and a half receiving yards. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers pass defense, not great, giving up 7.51 yards per pass attempt. 11 wide receivers have hit this receiving prop on Pittsburgh already this year. Brown averaging 83.83 yards a game. I'll take A.J. Brown again over on 69 and a half. Dallas Goddard, Dallas Goddard, Dallas Goddard. His prop right now, 45 and a half receiving yards at minus 115 on DraftKings. He's hit that in four of six games this year. This is another one where you got to, you know, compare the different sites. If you look at FanDuel, the Dallas Goddard prop is actually 48 and a half receiving yards at minus 114. Take the 45 and a half on DraftKings, pound the crap out of it, put a 50 burger on it if you can. Hmm. This is a tasty burger. If not, put a fiber on it. Uh, the Steelers, uh, for for uh, for their defense, they're giving up 66.57 receiving yards to tight ends uh, per game this year. Uh, Dallas Goddard is clearly a go-to receiver for Jalen Hurts, and I love Dallas Goddard to hit his prop. I'm basically taking the Dallas Goddard receiving yards prop uh, every week. Uh, he seems like he's he, he's always going to hit it. A couple more props on this. I'm going nuts on this game. I got to figure that Pittsburgh is going to try to shorten this game. You know, they don't want A.J. Brown and Dallas Goddard and Devontae Smith and Miles Sanders and all these guys running all over the place. So I would think that they would try to control the clock a little bit. Uh, Eagles rushing defense has been, you know, more like middle of the pack as opposed to very good. So even though Najee Harris has not had, you know, the results this year, certainly uh, not the results that he had last year, uh, he's still averaging about 14.28 rushing attempts per game. So why am I looking at that? I'm looking at that because uh, I believe in Pittsburgh trying to shorten the game, we'll try to run the ball. That means more carries for Najee Harris. 
his prop for rushing attempts is 13 and a half. I think, I think he's going to hit that. I think Najee goes over on that. So I would take Najee Harris over 13 and a half rushing attempts. Lastly, Jalen Hurts coming off the bye. I was taking a look at what do I like here? Do I like his rushing yards? His rushing yards is about uh, 48 and a half on DraftKings. So I like his passing yards. No, I'm going combo. I'm going combo because no matter what Jalen Hurts does against this subpar uh, Pittsburgh defense, as long as he's gaining yards, he's getting you closer to this combo prop. On DraftKings, Jalen Hurts combo yards, 282.5 yards at minus 115. Switch over to Fandle, you can gain an extra yard. It's 281.5 yards for uh, passing and rushing for Jalen Hurts at minus 114 on Fandle. He's averaging, averaging combo yards of 301.16 a game. So give me a 50-burger on that, too. So I like the Eagles to win at home tomorrow at 1 o'clock against the Steelers. I like the Eagles to win big. I think they cover the 10.5 because I think they're going to win by two scores. Uh, I'll take Najee Harris over in 13.5 rushing attempts because I think the Steelers would try to run the ball and shorten the game, keep the ball away from that Eagles offense. But then on the Eagles offensive side of the ball, I love A.J. Brown to go over 69.5 receiving yards. I love Dallas Goddard to go over 45.5 receiving yards. And I love Jalen Hurts to go over 281.5 combination passing and rushing yards a game. I'm all pumped up. This is a big win for the Eagles, JT. I know you're going to agree with me. I am going to agree with you that the Eagles are going to win. I'm not sure that I necessarily agree on the points. I think 10 and a half, and usually my rule of thumb is don't take games with double-digit favorites. I know the Eagles are undefeated. I'm not sure that the Eagles are an undefeated team where they destroy every team that they play. And it's the battle of Pennsylvania, right? It's Pittsburgh and the Eagles. I, I, so it's tough for me to say, yeah, that the Eagles are just going to dominate this team. Kenny Pickett's going to play quarterback. Uh, and he's looked pretty good as a rookie, but I think it's too many points for me. It's a game that I'm not going to say, yeah, I take the Steelers and give, you know, and get the 10 and a half or, you know, uh, take the Eagles and give 10 and a half. It's a game that I'm going to probably stay away from. The two things that I do like on this game though, is Dallas Goddard, Dallas Goddard, Dallas Goddard. I feel it's like, he's like the Travis Kelsey of this year for wagers, ragers. I mean, Dallas Goddard over 45 and a half receiving yards. I think I'm taking that all day long. And I love the Jalen hurts, uh, passing and rushing combo of 281 and a half. Those are the two props uh that you know you told our listening audience about and those are the two props that i really like a lot so goddard and hertz i'm gonna ride that until it doesn't work so give me goddard and hertz but i'm gonna stay away from the uh from the Eagles game. And just a little side note, Tottenham Hotspur just tied the game up against Bournemouth. So before I digress into my first game, unless John, unless you have any more thoughts on the Eagles Steelers, I like the Eagles to win. Just don't like the point total. That's, yeah, no. uh, that's my dude, thought. I, dude, I hear you on that. And I typically go the same way. Like I hate, you know, of course people hate giving double digit points because it's, there's so much parity in the league. It's tough to kind of, kind of bet that way. I sort of said the same thing with the Panthers last week, although they were getting, you know, 13 points at home. My honest feeling is that this is just going to be a blowout and it being a blowout. I think that's the move. I think that's the pick, you know, the Eagles will have tougher games later on in the year. They're not going to win every game. I just don't think this is going to be one of them. I see Eagles blowout baby. All right. Well, you know what? I hope you're right. I mean, I, I, for you, I love to see the Eagles win. I don't have a dog in the, in the, uh, in the race, sort of speak in the NFC. I'm an AFC guy because of the Jets. So, yeah, hopefully the Eagles do win this game. I just – I'm a little of a half-point line against the Steelers. So, you know, it's the Battle of Pennsylvania, so we'll see. All right, so moving on to my team, which is doesn't have the same record as the Eagles, but has been playing off the charts – 
good football, especially, especially from a defensive standpoint. The Jets are one of the top defenses in the league. They went up last week against Denver, who is one of the top defenses in the league, if not the top, and they came out with a win. This week, the Jets are at home, and they are playing the New England Patriots. Now, Jets, Patriots, from a Jet perspective, that is the annual rivalry. Jets, Patriots. From a Jet perspective, this is their rival, the New England Patriots. Much like El Clasico, Barcelona against Real Madrid, Yankees, Red Sox. And in the Premier League, it is Arsenal against my Tottenham Hotspurs in the North London Derby. Those are the rivalries. But here in the NFL, it's Jets-Patriots. Jets are on a four-game winning streak. Patriots got absolutely manhandled and destroyed by one of the top teams. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Not one of the top teams. One of the worst teams in the NFL, in the Chicago Bears. They got absolutely annihilated on Monday night. But let's look at a trend. And this time, this trend is going to end. The Jets have lost 12 straight games to the Patriots. And last year, they lost 54-13 to against New England. 54-13. to But New England, much like last year, much like the year before, they don't have Tom Brady. They have, I don't know, is it going to be Mac Jones? Is it going to be Bailey Zappi? Because Mac Jones got benched on Monday night. So is there a quarterback controversy in New England brewing where we don't know who's going to play, who's going to start, who's going to finish the game? All I know is for the Jets, it's going to be Zach Wilson. Do I have faith in Zach Wilson to light it up like he's going to be Peyton Manning or Tom Brady? I do not. But they haven't needed Zach Wilson to light up the game. They've relied on their defense, a strong running game, and I know Brees Hall is out, and but they traded for James uh, Robinson, like I indicated before, and hopefully he can fill in along with Michael Carter and generate a good running game. The last time the Jets beat the Patriots, it's really sad. I know I said it's a 12 straight wins, but we have to go all the way back to 2015. 2015. Who was the coach of the Jets? Todd Bowles. He's now the coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He went from head coach of the Jets to defensive coordinator to now head coach. And in between then, the Jets have not beaten the Patriots. It ends, it ends, it ends on Sunday. At the helm, when the Jets beat the Patriots, Ryan Fitzpatrick was the quarterback. Brandon Marshall was their top receiver. And Eric Decker was the number two receiver. All of them retired. They're retired, and the new echelon of the New York Jets is in here, and the Jets are getting at home. Getting at home. They're 5-2 and two against a Patriots team that doesn't have a winning record. This hasn't happened in almost forever. And they're getting two and a half points. Give me the Jets all day long. Jets Jets, Jets, take the two and a half. Give me the two and a half. It's an outright Jet victory on Sunday. Over under is 40. You know, Jets defense is really, really, really good. Patriots offense is terrible, especially when they don't know who their quarterback is going to be. So I'm going to stay away from the over under, but I'll take those two and a half points. In fact, I'm going to lay the money line. Jets are going to win six and two. Two division wins, and give me the Jets all day long. I have only two props. I'm trying to stay away from the props because I kind of go back and forth on these. So I have two props, one on the Patriots side, one on the Jets. Give me Stevenson, the running back, for the Patriots to go over, not just his rushing total, which I'm going to stay away from, but rushing and receiving, over 85 and a half rushing and receiving yards Combo prop, minus 115 on DraftKings. And of course, it would not be a Wagers Ragers podcast 
without a field goal kicker prop. Give me Greg Zerline for the Jets. I don't think they're going to score touchdowns all day. It's going to be a relatively close game. Give me Greg Zerline over one and a half field goals, plus money on this, plus 105 on DraftKings. Those are my two props. El Clasico coming up on Sunday. Jets, Patriots at home at MetLife Stadium. Big Jet win to go 6-2. and two. John, thoughts on Jets, Pats? Uh, my thoughts are I agree with you. I think the Jets win the game. I think they do. Um, I'll take the two and a half points, though. I'm going to follow you, but I'll take the Jets and the two and a half points. I think the points are, you know, free, and I'll take it. Uh, I do have one more prop I kind of like here. Zach Wilson, uh, 12 and a half rushing yards on DraftKings at minus 110. Uh, I like it because he's hit that two out of four games. Uh, he's running about a, a 50% clip here. He had 24 yards rushing against Denver last week on four attempts. Kind of the bigger thing is in uh, three out of the last four games he's been back, including the last three weeks in a row, he's had at least four rushing attempts per game. So I love that. Uh, if he's taking, if he's going to take off four times tomorrow against the Patriots, I, I love his chances of uh, hitting over 12 and a half rushing yards. So following you, I do think the Jets win the game, but I'll take the two and a half points and give me Zach Wilson rushing over 12 and a half. Yeah, I actually like that Zach Wilson prop. I do think he's going to have to take off a little bit, and 12 and a half yards is not a lot to uh, to cover. So, John, what's your second game this week? All right, my second game, uh, going back to the well, back to California. I'm going back, back to Cali. I took the Chiefs going to San Francisco last week. I'm taking San Francisco going down to L.A. to play the Rams this week. Niners coming in at three and four. Rams coming off a bye at three and three. Niners minus one. It's almost a pick them here. Excuse me, at minus 105 on DraftKings. Niners coming in, limping a little bit. They lost the last two in a row. Two weeks ago, they lost to the Atlanta Falcons. And then last week, the Niners lost at home to the Kansas City Chiefs. Although I don't think those losses tell the whole, whole story. As I mentioned on last week's podcast, Two weeks ago against the Falcons, the Niners were decimated, especially on the defensive side, by injuries. The Niners are starting to get a little healthier now. They got Nick Bosa back last week. They got Trent Williams back on the offensive line. They activated quarterback Jason Barrett off IR. I don't know if he's going to play or not, but the general idea here is the Niners are starting to get healthier. So, I mean, that's what, what I blame the loss two weeks ago on was just the lack of, of health based on all the injuries that they had. Uh, last week, although the Niners were starting to get healthier, they still had guys coming back for the first time, and it was the Chiefs. The Chiefs were coming off a loss at home to the Buffalo Bills. I love the Chiefs getting a bounce-back win there. I kind of pay that down the road here. I like the Niners to go down to L.A. and win the game outright as sort of a little bounce-back game from losing at home to the Chiefs. As a matter of fact, these two division foes played earlier this year, and the Niners beat up on the Rams uh, in week four. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, of course, has taken over at quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers since uh, their young quarterback, Trey Lance, went down with injury for the year. Uh, Jimmy G, you know, having command of the offense, he's been there for a number of years, provides some stability, if not the most spectacular quarterback play at times. And, of course, uh, the Niners just added Christian McCaffrey, who did play some last week. I expect his role to increase now with another week with the Niners playbook under his belt. On the other side of the ball, the Rams look like they are in serious Super Bowl hangover mode. The reigning Super Bowl champions, like I said, three and three, already lost big time to the Niners in week four. But they are coming off a bye uh, and are getting healthier. Uh, they're getting some guys back here. They might get wide receiver Van Jefferson back. Their center might be coming back too. But, you know, their offensive line has just been terrible. Um, you know, Cam Akers is not part of the equation anymore. No one's really clear what's going on there. Stafford, you know, even taking the O-line into account has looked probably average at best. Uh, the Rams are averaging only 17.3 points per game through six games, which is good for just 29th in the league. On the other hand, not surprisingly, the Niners have sort of been Jekyll and hiding it so far this year uh, in their three wins. 
They're scoring 29.3 points per game. That's on 366 yards per game. Uh, and then their loss is only scoring 14.3 points per game. But I'm expecting this to be the good Niners. Uh, and that's because I think it's a bounce back game coming off the home loss to the Chiefs. I think that's because the Niners are getting healthier. And that's because I think Christian McCaffrey gives them an added boost after an additional week with the playbook. And I expect his role to grow. Uh, the Niners overall, 7-1 and one in their last eight against the, the Rams anyway. Somehow Kyle Shanahan seems to have Sean McVay's number. So I'm going with the Niners here. I think the Niners go down to L.A. I think they win the game outright. I like the minus one. It's basically a pick them with a little bit, little bit better odds. So I'll take the Niners to win minus one. couple of props. I've mentioned Christian McCaffrey a few times. I expect him to have a big role here. His receiving yards prop on DraftKings is only 35 and a half receiving yards, minus 115 on DraftKings. Note, uh, CMC played this Rams team just two weeks ago when he was still with the Panthers. And guess what? The Rams gave up 89 receiving yards to Christian McCaffrey just two weeks ago. I'd love McCaffrey to go over 35 and a half here receiving. So I hit that all day. 50 burger on that all day. Uh, my second prop, I feel like it's tough to bet on a Rams game at all if you don't at least think about taking Cooper Cup. Uh, Cooper Cup's uh, catches on DraftKings, seven and a half. So I like the over on seven and a half catches for Cooper Cup. The juice, not great, not great, minus 140, but I love that seven and a half number. Cooper Cup, not surprisingly, is again leading the league in targets per game with 12 targets a game. Matthew Stafford looks at Cooper Cup the way I look at, you know, uh, a Corona light tonight when I'm watching my Phillies play in the World Series. Uh, Cooper Cup third in targets overall with 72 targets. Uh, and that's with having played one less game than the guys at one and two, Tyreek Hill and uh, Jamar Chase, uh, my, my stepson Jamar Chase. So I love Cooper Cup to go over seven and a half catches here, but I think the Niners pull out the game. That's what I got on my second game, four o'clock game tomorrow, uh, 425 kickoff. My picks are the San Francisco 49ers go to LA, beat the Rams. You can give the one. It's not going to matter. On props, I like Christian McCaffrey to go over 35 and a half receiving yards. Again, this Rams defense just gave him 89 two weeks ago. And I'll take Cooper Cup, over on seven and a half catches in this NFC West showdown. Uh, what do you think, my man? Yeah, you know, I'm probably going the other way on this game. I mean, it's basically a pick em game. I think the Rams are probably going to come out on top. Uh, I, I'm not terribly confident in the 49ers, uh, especially after last week and the performance that they put up last week. So, and I know the Rams are. You know, they're like an iffy call, and I've bet the Rams a couple times this year, and I don't think I've actually come out, come out on top. Maybe, you know, uh, this is the week that actually it happens. It's probably a game I'm going to stay away from, but if I had to go in one direction, I'd probably take the Rams in this game. Um, I do like your McCaffrey uh, receiving yard prop. The Cooper Cup prop, as much as he is a, like – one of the best, if not the best receiver and most targeted receiver in the NFL. I have looked at, you know, almost almost every single game this year and looked at the box score and seen like the receiving or the receptions in the box score. And it seems like every top receiver, including last night with Mike Evans, he had 120 something yards last night, but he only had six receptions. And taking an over on seven and a half receptions to me is just a tough it's just a tough call because it seems like every top receiver usually ends up with six catches or seven catches. And going over seven and a half, I think it's a little bit too rich for me, even though Cooper Cup is the most targeted receiver. But I do love the Christian McCaffrey um, over uh, receiving yard prop. And but as far as the game is concerned, I think it could go either way. I'd probably lean Rams. Um, but then again, you know, this is where we agree to disagree, right? So any last thoughts on uh, on your second game? Yeah, and I hear you. You know, Cooper Cup, if you're going to take a receiving prop with Cup, 
you got to swallow hard because it's going to be high because he's so damn good. And Stafford looks for him so damn much, you know, and in his last two games, Cup had seven catches in each of those two contests. But I just look at the last time these two teams played in week four, Cooper Cup had 14 catches. So I, I, I'm sticking with the over on seven and a half. And I just think the Niners at this point are moving in the right direction and are the better team than the Rams seem to always beat them. So that's why I love the Niners in this game. Uh, and, you know, the two props that I took with CMC and Cooper Cup. All right, so I'm going to dive into my second game. I'm, I'm going to stay with the same theme as last week. Last week I had the Jets. Last week I had the Giants. And guess where I'm going this week? Going with the Giants again. Game number two. Giants are 6-1. and one, Top of the NFC East. Well, Maybe the top of the NFC East. I guess it depends on what happens this week with the Eagles. Yeah, hold on. Now. They are in second place in the NFC East. Second place in the NFC East. One of the top teams in the NFC Conference, and they are going to Seattle to play the Seahawks. The surprising every single matchup, whether it's Jets, Patriots, Eagles, Steelers, Niners, Rams. Just look at every single matchup. This is the only matchup this week of two teams that have winning records. The Seattle Seahawks, who everybody thought at the beginning of this season were, was going to tank. They were not going to win many games. They traded Russell Wilson. They're looking for a new quarterback. Maybe they found their quarterback. I don't know. They found their quarterback and a guy that's been in the league for 10 years, a former Jet, a former Giant. I'm not going to say he's lighting up the league, but Geno Smith has been playing great football for the Seahawks. The line right now, Giants at Seattle getting, getting three points, despite the fact that they're six and one, getting three points. Basically, they're on the road, getting three. It's a pick em game. It's, you know, from, a, from you know, the sports books perspective, it's, it's uh, you know, it's a it's a pick'em game. And by the way, the Spurs just uh, went up three to two. All right, so back to the Giants and Seahawks. Giants like the Jets are on a four-game winning streak. Seattle, they've won their last two games going, and, and they're now in first place in the NFC, four and three. Crazy, crazy. But I'm looking at this game, and I'm saying Barkley. Barkley, Barkley, Saquon Barkley, Saquon Barkley, first in yards from scrimmage this season. It's the comeback of Saquon. He is second in the league in rushing. I mean, just an amazing comeback. Daniel Jones last week had 107 yards rushing last week. Seattle struggles against running quarterbacks. And so here are the problems that I see potentially for the Giants. Kenneth Walker the third just has come on as just a tremendous running back for uh, Seattle. 167 yards rushing last week, two touchdowns against the Chargers. But the Giants are without um, two offensive linemen, rookie Evan Neal out and Ben Bredesen out, probably. I mean, both of these guys are they're I think they're listed as questionable or doubtful, but they're probably not going to play. I think it's going to be a close game, but I do like the Giants in this game, not only to cover the three, but to win. Six of their seven games have been decided by eight points or less. That's the first time uh, since 2000 that that's happened for them. So it's, I think it's going to be a close game, but I like the Giants in this game, not only to cover the three, um, but to win. I have four props in this game. Unlike my jet pick, I have four props. Uh, I like Daniel Jones over, over 38 and a half rushing yards, minus 115 on DraftKings. Again, as I indicated before, as I stated before, Seattle struggles with running quarterbacks. Daniel Jones had 107 rushing yards last week. I don't, I don't anticipate that happening again, but over 38 and a half rushing yards, give me that all day. Barkley, Barkley, Barkley. I'm going combo on Saquon Barkley. He catches the ball out of the backfield. Give me Barkley. Combo rushing and receiving 118 and a half rushing and receiving yards over minus 115 on DraftKings. 
Kenneth Walker III. He has just come on as a running back for Seattle. Give me his rushing and receiving total as well. Combo with, with Kenneth Walker III, over 100 and a half rushing and receiving yards, minus 115 on DraftKings. And again, I will end my analysis with a field goal kicker. I love it. Give me Graham Gano. I took him last week, one. Going to take him this week. I'm going to win on this prop. Over one and a half field goals, Graham Gano, minus 105 on DraftKings. Give me Graham Gano, minus 105 over one and a half field goals. And that is what I got on Giants. Seahawks keeping with the Eagles, only a game behind after the Eagles' victory this week against the Steelers. Maybe not covering the line, but they're going to win. Giants are keeping pace with the Eagles after a win at Seattle. And then the next two weeks, as I heard on the radio uh, earlier this week, Giants could go into Thanksgiving against the Cowboys on Thanksgiving day, nine and one. If they beat Seattle, because then they have Houston and Detroit, two teams that are just terrible. So give me the Giants. Give me the three points. Giants, money line. John, thoughts. Giants, Seahawks. I know you're not a Giants fan because you're obviously an Eagles fan, but what do you think about Giants Seahawks? Dude, bro, I love it. I love the fact that Giants are still being talked about, even though I don't like the team, because it would make our boy Mike Coza so happy that the Giants keep coming up on the podcast. Again, we got to get him back on to do a guest spot and talk about these Giants. But you know what's not going to make him happy? What I'm about to say right now. Because you're wrong. I disagree with you. This is a Giants loss, my friend. The Giants are going to Seattle. They are going to lose the game. My pick would be take Seattle, give the field goal. Seattle's going to win by more than a field goal here. I think they I think they win by a touchdown. I think uh, I, I, all the credit in the world to the coaching staff uh, over at the Meadowlands. I do think Brian Dable has done an excellent job. But what he's done an excellent job at doing has been masking the very, very vast weaknesses of this Giants team. I do think that defense is getting better. The offensive line has been improved, definitely, but they're going to start to feel the burn of some of the injuries that they've had. Dable and his coaching staff have been able to mask the inefficiencies and the weaknesses of Daniel Jones, because here's the thing. Daniel Jones is not that – he's still not that good. What Dable has done is concentrate on his strengths like the rushing. So that's one of the reasons why I do like the Daniel Jones rushing prop. It's starting to creep up into that level that I don't feel quite that comfortable. Like he's not Jalen Hurts. He's not Lamar Jackson. He's not Josh Allen. But 38 and a half, I think, is still within the realm of possibility. So I do like that. Uh, I like the Kenneth Walker pick, too. Uh, I was kind of surprised that more people and more teams weren't on Kenneth Walker, uh, both in the draft and coming into this year. Both you and I as Rutgers alums and Big Ten fans know Kenneth Walker very well. I think he is a legit talent. Um, I kind of like his prop too, but I don't love the combo. And that's because he hasn't really shown consistency as far as catching the ball yet. I'm going his rushing prop, and his rushing prop is very, very high. It's 81 and a half uh, rushing yards is his rushing over under at minus 115 on DraftKings. Uh, I would not usually go this high for a rushing prop unless the running back's name was Derrick Henry. Uh, But I'm going to do it in this case. And that's because since taking over, Kenneth Walker has been over 81 and a half rushing yards in his last three games in a row. On top of that, uh, the New York Giants rushing defense, not great. They are giving up 144.4 rushing yards per game. That's good for 28th in the league. I think Pete Carroll, Petey Sunshine runs the ball against the Giants. I think Kenneth Walker has a big day, and I think the Seattle Seahawks win by a touchdown or more. Wow. All right. So I guess we're going to agree to disagree on on the Giants-Seahawks game. I do see the Giants moving on. I I really do feel confident that they're going to win. Not, you know, I've, I've never been terribly confident in Daniel Jones, but with the resurgence of Saquon Barkley uh, and their defense playing well, I do see the Giants coming out on top. All right. So this wraps up our two games, uh, both of our teams, Eagles, Jets, and our second games. 
And now we move on to the last phase of the podcast, which is our tracks of the week. But I would be remiss if I did not give you a couple of college football nuggets. Again, last week I gave you two. I hit on one. The Old Dominion game I did not hit on. But I did take five other games of which I went four and one on. So I went five and two in college football, which cements my title as a college football savant. So I'm going to give you three games. I'm going to give you three games. Two of the games are teams that I absolutely despise, absolutely despise. But my first game is I'm taking Tennessee, who upset Alabama. They're at home. They're giving 11 and a half points against Kentucky. I know Kentucky is a good team this year. They've been a good team the last couple of years in college football. But if they're Tennessee's at home and they're playing as well as they're playing, especially the way they played against Alabama, I'll lay the 11 and a half points against Kentucky and I'm taking Tennessee at home against Kentucky. Now, the two teams that I do not like, that I despise, and John will probably agree with me on these, is Penn State and Notre Dame. I I love Rutgers football, and I love whoever else is playing Notre Dame. <laughs> I love Rutgers football, and I love whoever else is playing Penn State. Damn right. But, Ooh. but this week, I am taking Penn State against Ohio State. They are at home against the Buckeyes, and Penn State is actually getting 15 and a half points. Penn State had a phenomenal game last week. They're getting 15 and a half points at home against Ohio State. I know that Ohio State is undefeated. They're playing really good football the last few weeks, but I can't imagine Penn State getting totally blown out by Ohio State. If it was in Columbus, different story, but they're in Happy Valley. Give me Penn State at home, getting 15 and a half points. I can still see Penn State losing. I can't see them actually winning, but it'll probably be a 10 or a 14 point game. So give me Penn State getting 15 and a half points. And lastly, my last nugget, Notre Dame away, upstate New York against Syracuse. Syracuse is playing great football. They lost barely to Clemson last week. Notre Dame is getting a point away at Syracuse. Notre Dame is Notre Dame. And I know that they've had terrible games this year. They're not the greatest team. But I think when you look at Notre Dame and their history, and I know they have a new coach, and they're getting a point, if they're getting points, I'm going to take Notre Dame. Getting a point against Syracuse. Actually, Notre Dame, I'd probably take the money line to win the game outright against the Cuse. So those are my three college football nuggets. And now, John, if it, unless you have any nuggets for me or any thoughts on the college games, uh, let's move on to Tracks of the Week. Yeah, thanks. No, no nuggets. I think there's plenty of nuggets to go around. No need for additional nuggets. Last night was the Trunk or Treat event at my kid's school. Uh, so I'm still wearing part of my costume. Now, the viewers at home won't be able to see this. But JT, you can. Can you tell what my costume was? I can. Bryce Harper. I had the I had the Philly fanatic classic Bryce Harper headband and everything. I had a little wiffle wiffle ball bat. I was Bryce Harper because I'm all Bryce Harpered up. I'm all Phillyed up. Like we t- we were talking before the podcast began about how I was up late last night watching the Phillies uh, have an improbable comeback and beat the Houston had the vaunted Houston Astros in extra innings last night. Real late, six to five, uh, unbelievable. Uh, uh, why am I talking about all this? It's time for my track of the week. The reason why I'm talking about all this is because this is going to be a Wagers Ragers first. For the first time in Wagers Ragers history, I'm going to have back-to-back tracks of the week, the same track, the same song. Uh, and that's because last week my track of the week was Callum Scott dancing on my own, the T- Tiesto remix. And that's the same exact track of the week that I'm picking for this week. And the reason why is because the Philadelphia Phillies have adopted that song as their theme song. So there's no way I can pick any other track of the week for as long as this goes for. So that's my track of the week. Again, Callum Scott, Dancing on My Own, the Tiesto remix. I'm in the corner, watching you kiss her. Oh, 
maybe next weekend, this World Series isn't over, you might have a, a triple threat with the same track three weeks in a row. You know, I was hoping for a circa 2009 World Series. Rematch. Yankees had actually decided to show up against the Astros, which they didn't, and they got swept. But it is what it is, and congrats to you and your Philadelphia Phillies for big game one victory against the Astros down in Houston. Let's go, Phillies. I can't stand the Astros. I hope that the Phillies sweep them and uh, and win the World Series this week. So great track of the week last week. Obviously a great track of the week this week. My track of the week? Well, I told John about a little story about my adventures of last night. And both of us, I mean, I don't... I don't hold myself out as a as a super DJ or anything like that. But in my town, uh, there was a party last night, and I was asked to DJ the party. And so I said, you know what? All right, fine. I'll bring all my stuff over there. Table and speakers and mixer and laptop and everything like that. Ended up the party was inside. I was outside on the second floor balcony. And guess who? how many people showed up to listen to my music? Almost no one. So I ended up DJing by myself and dancing alone by myself. So my track of the week, as a dedication to my phenomenal skills DJing last night to myself, is Dancing Alone by two of the greatest, two of two of the greatest DJs right now, a pair from Swedish House Mafia. It's Axwell and Ingrosso. Dancing Alone, that's my track of the week because that's what I did last night, but I enjoyed it. You know, just as if there were 2,000 people listening to my uh, my my set. So, Dancing Alone by Axwell and Grosso. That's my track of the week this week. This ends our podcast, everyone, for week eight of Wagers Ragers. And I will just say, and as, as I've sort of interrupted my uh, my commentary a couple of times, uh, Tottenham Hotspur came back and won three to two against Bournemouth. Yes, they were down two nothing. All Ooh. right, so that ends our podcast this week. John, we will see everyone in week nine. And may your bets be sharp and your cashes be bountiful. John, see you next week. Later.